we continue in Matthew's gospel as our, in our sermon series for Lent, titled, He Comes to Heal, we find ourselves in chapter 8, and Matthew writes this. <clears throat> When Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and began to serve him. That evening, the disciples brought to him many who were possessed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and cured all who were sick. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Today we find ourselves in Peter's house, and you are there. There are others with us. We find ourselves in a place where you took someone by the hand, healed them. Join us by the presence of your Holy Spirit as we talk about that together in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> when I was a kid, I was about eight years old, nine, something like that. <clears throat> I remember, it was down in Dallas, I remember one day in particular where we were playing in the front yard. I don't, I don't remember what game you know, what we were playing necessarily, but I remember it involved a lot of running, and I was barefoot. I remember those two things. And I was, <clears throat> I was running full steam, you know, trying to keep away from, you know, whatever. And I was, I was running through the yard, and I stepped down hard on something, and it hurt. Bad, you know. I went down, and I knew I knew, I knew it was bad. It hurt. I didn't want to look at it, but I finally looked at it, and there, sticking out of my foot, was this giant rusty nail. Just right. Oh yeah. See, to think about, it, I just like, oh my god, and I'm the one it happened to. And, of course, you know what comes next, right? Mom! Mom! And I'm going into hysterics. The people around me, my friends come up, and they look at it, and they get a glimpse of it. You know, some of them get, you know, almost throw up, and they get all freaked out and run into the house and get my mom. My mom comes running out. She gets all half in hysterics. You know, after all, massive nails sticking out of my foot. It's right there. It's awful. And so they're carrying me inside the house, and I'm just put me on the couch, and they're trying to get me all settled down, but at this point, you know, I've lost it. I'm beyond control. I'm doing the whole, 
you know, that whole into the shaking and just, it's, it's bad. And in the middle of all that, as she's trying to calm me down, my mom starts to lift my foot. And what do I say? You know what I'm going to say. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. But I have to, let me just, no. And back and forth, we go like that for what seems like an hour. You know, it was probably more like 20 seconds. Don't touch it. I have to look at it. Don't touch it. At that point, I remember being completely fine with the idea of living the rest of my life with a nail sticking out of my foot. That was fine. Just don't touch that. Right? Eventually, I, I think we got it. Yeah, it's gone. I had to go to the hospital, I think, get a boot, a tester, a tetanus booster and all that. But that's what we're like, right? Doesn't that say it all? Don't touch. We don't, we don't, when we get hurt, we don't want to touch it. Just, just leave it alone. And yet at some point along the line, someone finally says that line that we know we're going to hear, but we don't want to hear it. They finally say it. Someone says it. Mom or dad or a friend or a doctor looks at us with all the love in their heart and they say, if I'm going to help it, I have to touch it. (laughs) Right? If I'm going to help it. I have to touch it. Jesus goes into Peter's house. Comes upon Peter's mother-in-law and he sees her fever. He takes her by the hand. And the fever leaves her. Touches the wound, so to speak. This story... It's an incredible story just in all its brevity. And the obvious, of course, is that it's not a prescriptive story about how to cure someone's fever, touching them by the hand, you know. It's instead an example of the healing nature of God. He took her by the hand and she was made Without even trying, this story reveals to us something quite obvious and profound all at the same time. Something we already know about what healing is all about. And that is that the one big sign that healing has begun is when the very thing that's caused the problem in the first place finally gets out into the open. When a fever begins to break, what do we often do? We start to sweat, right? We start to That's a sign of a fever breaking. It's getting out. It's all the stuff getting out. Maybe your fever's breaking as you sweat. When a relationship has something go wrong, nothing gets better until the one who's been hurt finally finds the courage and is able to tell the other person what it is they said or did that hurt them in the first place. Then they can sit down and and talk about it, get it out in the open, Healing can begin. 
wasn't until Jesus saw the fever he was able to do anything about it. For Matthew, though, this story is much more than just some fever. There's more going on here. There's more that needs healing here. There's a bigger problem that this particular story is highlighting in Matthew, but you've got to break out of this story and look at the ones that come right before it in order to understand that. This whole series, in fact, is based on a larger segment of Matthew's gospel. The six healing stories that directly follow Jesus preaching his Sermon on the Mount. There's actually nine. There's a set of three a little bit further out. We're going to do the first six that come right after Jesus preaches his Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5 through 7. These stories begin. Six healing stories. Two sets of three. Each set of three have their own focus, their own, their own theme so to speak. And the, word, the one we just read is the third in the first set of three. Each story in that set is about someone on the outside needing healing, needing to be restored. The first one is a leper. Jesus preached his sermon. He's just done trying to come back to Capernaum where he's been living for a while. This leper comes up to him. Lepers were outsiders. They were not allowed to fully participate in the life of Israel. Outsiders because of their condition. Leper comes up to Jesus needing healing and he does the unthinkable, the unfathomable, something no one would expect. Because even though there's this outsider, he touches him anyway, heals him anyway, brings the outsider inside. Then comes the next story that we did last Sunday, the story of the centurion, a centurion, an officer in the Roman guard. In other words, a Gentile. Gentiles were outsiders because of their race, not allowed to fully participate in the life of Israel. Here comes this outsider asking for healing for his servant who's in great distress, and Jesus does the unthinkable recognizes this Gentile, this outsider, as someone who has deeper faith than anyone he has met in all of, his, in all of Israel from his own people. He brings the outsider inside. And finally today, Peter's mother-in-law, certainly part of the life of Israel, but not fully because of her gender, Jesus brings her inside. In other words, what, what's going on here is you have three different people who have three different problems and yet the same problem. Three different need for, needs for healing and yet the same need. They're outsiders and Jesus is bringing them inside, making them whole, restoring them, setting them free in a sense. What Matthew's doing is taking these three stories and putting them together and making them one big story of healing that says to us, declares to us, that the healing of the good news of the gospel is one that brings those who are not allowed in, in. Be part of the kingdom of God. Brings the outsiders in. 
something very powerful happens. When the very thing that's been hurting us the most is brought out into the open. When you can allow someone else to get a glimpse of the problem that's ailing you, something quite powerful can happen. I recently read an article. Actually, I want to get to that in a minute. What I want to first say is that we don't want to do that, though. We don't want to let someone else in, share our experience. Or, In fact, we spend a lot of time and energy trying to keep certain things about ourselves hidden away from the world deep down. Put a lot of effort into not letting people know the very thing we need to let others know. Something sitting there eating away at our soul. Just avoid talking about it anyway. Just don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about it, we say. We don't want to look at the nail that's lodged in the bottom of us. This article that I read, it's written by an English teacher who talks about her volunteer time that she spends in the local county hospital, the emergency room, spends her time volunteering, emergency room, local county hospital. You know, a county hospital, they get everybody, right? County hospitals where everybody, that's where everybody goes. And if you have nowhere else, you go there. And so she spends her time in the ER, and she writes about her years of experience volunteering in the ER. And, and she says this, she says, I've come across all kinds of people. Everybody who comes into the ER is in need of healing of some form or fashion. Quite often, though, the thing that they are presenting is only part of it. Quite often, their life, I've discovered, has been traumatized by something more than just the broken finger or the stitches they need in their head. And I discover that that's absolutely true when I start to ask them to tell me their experience, tell me what happened, and they'll usually tell me one of two things that tell me that they've been long traumatized by something else. They'll say to me, either you don't want to hear this, you don't want to hear my story, or they'll look at me, she says, and they'll say, you wouldn't understand if I told you. There's, only, there's no one would understand what I've been going through unless you've gone through it yourself. So don't even ask. Of course, what they're both saying, no matter what those statements are, is you don't want to know the real me. No one 
wants to know the real me. It's too much. Stop asking. It's funny. The funny thing about being human is that for all the energy and time we put into keeping some of those things that have been making us ill for so long and causing us pain for so long, all the energy we put into that, there is that other side of us that knows deep down that it needs to get out. And we need to speak about it. Deep down, we desperately want Jesus to see that we have a fever. She concludes her article by saying that if I sit there long enough, if I'm, if I'm quiet long enough, if I listen long enough, they finally tell me the story. And I've become convinced of one thing, she says. If nothing else, I've become convinced of one thing. And when you read the way she writes it, you can tell the conviction on her heart of what she's about to say. And she says, I've been convinced of one thing. And that one thing is that when the story finally gets out into the open, it helps. It helps. I have seen it time and again. When someone can finally sit down and trust someone else long enough to tell them their story, make it visible to someone else, then the healing begins. That's when I see the hope of community. That's when I see Jesus Christ. When we're kids and we hurt ourselves, we don't want to touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. But someone has to touch it if it's going to get better. When we're adults, we don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, we say. I don't want to talk about it. You got to talk about it if it's going to get better. Something quite powerful happens when the thing that's hurting us the most finally breaks out into the open. Someone else can get their hands on it. If you can pull that off. If you can be part of that, it's as if Jesus Christ is standing right there in the room and holding your hand and healing the hurt, lightening the load, freeing your soul for the one who took our iniquities and our infirmities is still doing so. The one who bore our diseases is still bearing them. He comes to heal. And if we can believe it, if we can find it within ourselves to actually believe that, if we can be crazy enough to grab hold of our faith and believe it, then we've got work to do. We've got work to do. For our world is sick and is in need of a healing hand.
You're going to have to come back next week to find out what that's about. Amen.